Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What's going on, Survivor fans? It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. Are you whispering about the episode? Because we are the aftermath of the last vote. Thank you, Whisper, whisper, whisper. Julia's paranoia starts to set in and explodes at one of the most insane tribal councils in the history of Survivor. We've got our MVP segment, we've got some news and gossip, and we've got predictions. Don't move a muscle. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz... <laughs> What's going on, Survivor fans? Oh, man. Uh, sorry if that caught me off guard. Veronica I did not just know assaulted what Tim. was going on. Whisper. We were talking about whispering in the episode. There's a lot going on. You have to on. whisper to Mike now. Whisper. Whisper. Tell me, oh tell me something about Tim. <laughs> don't, don't. Don't. Um, we are very excited to that be here, great. you guys, to cover the latest episode of Survivor Season 38, Episode 8. Y'all making me crazy. You're making me crazy, you guys. Yo. This I episode mean, made me crazy. It did make me crazy as well. We want to hear your thoughts in the chat. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I am joined by two lovely panelists. I've got Veronica Valencia in her sassy jumpsuit. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Looking amazing. I've got Mike Thieling in his lumberjack outfit tonight. Yo, I'm so pumped. This episode was awesome. I love the backstabbing, and you know uh, Julie's going to hear about it from me. I feel like we have a lot of thoughts on the episode, and I want to dive right in. Um, what were your overall thoughts of the episode? What's going on? Honestly, like... It, it was a great episode. It was crazy. In the first half, I was a little like, okay, what's going on? What's going to be the big twist? Because they were moving through it so quickly. Like, I think they even moved through the challenge quickly, which we'll talk about that, and I'll mm. give my opinion on that. But I'm like, okay, what's the big twist? And then that tribal, on there's just too much going on. I don't know what plan they had going into it. I don't even know what plan they had until the name was read on that piece of paper. There was just a lot going on tonight. That uh, was awesome. I, uh, we were so surprised that they got into the challenge, like you said, so quick right off the bat. I said, man, something crazy has got to happen, and it delivered. Agreed. I thought this was obviously one of the most in- entertaining tribal councils that we've ever seen. Um, I think that's just a unanimous vote, and especially viewers watching. Um, I was a little disappointed that they rushed to it, though. I felt like, I don't know, I, I I always like seeing them more on the island and them strategizing, but obviously they weren't on the island. They waited till tribal council to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I, I, that's how I felt overall. Um, let's talk about the aftermath of the last vote very quickly. So, Eric got voted out. Ron and Julie were on the wrong side of the vote. And back at camp, they feel very, very... Um, I don't even know the word for it. Slighted. Feel, slighted, yeah. They're not like upset about it, but they understand that it's a game, but they definitely have some feelings about it. What were your guys' thoughts on how they felt about Eric voting, being voted off? You. Great. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always let V-squared go first. So you never ever want to be on the wrong side of the vote. That's always a big downer. So I totally understand their thoughts of feeling slighted. However, I would highly criticize their gameplay, mm. as I love to give the survivor tips for all those future players out there. You don't want to let off that that's how you're feeling, right? So you need to come back and immediately ingratiate yourself into the rest of the people. Like, do I totally understand? Yeah, like I would have, do I would have been on your side? I wish you had told me. Like, I totally get it. I'm down. And then in your little confessional, be like, I hate these people, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think you got to go positive with it and get right back into it. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah, no, I I think it was the right call for Gavin to make. And I mean, I understand Ron being like really upset about it. But yeah, like kind of what Mike was saying, you just kind of need to say like, dude, I just need what I need, need to do. And Ron kind of had to do that thing of like, oh, no, I understand, man. I understand that. Let's, let's move forward. Let's try and yeah. get this also out here. You know, just like, you know, act how you think that you need to act in that moment mm-hmm. and then get over it. Well, instead of Ron acting how, you know, Mike was saying, you know, just go back and say, I understand, I understand. He tries to put this guilt trip on Gavin by saying, you know, Eric would have never played you, you know. I mean, right. like, right. and I was like, dude, he was playing him from the beginning. And then Gavin makes a fair point to the confessional. He goes, you know, I, I feel like Eric was outshining him. And do we agree? Eric 100% was outshining him. In the history of 38 seasons of Survivor, maybe you could pick out two or three instances where someone truly had an amazing connection and they wouldn't play somebody else that's total garbage. Of course he would play him at the drop of a hat. All of them would play everybody else. Yeah. yeah. No, Eric definitely outshined Gavin, but I will admit that it to Ron's point, as a viewer, at least to me, it was kind of surprising because I always did see them as a pair, like a really close pair that would try and work together for as long as possible. So when that blind side came last week, I was like, oh, Okay, we're moving quicker than expected. I agree with you guys. Speaking of pairs, we also see Rick and David, and they're having this custody battle over this idol. And they teased it last episode, (laughs) and they made it this bigger thing than what it was. I mean, they were pretty much on the same page tonight, Rick and David. I mean, there wasn't any kind of feud between them or battle between them. There was just a... a, a, They they seemed to be fairly (laughs) stable in their alliance with each other. What did you guys... What are your thoughts on that? I think that they kind of had to be because mm-hmm. they had this dirt on each other that they had this half of the idol. I actually, looking back on it and giving it some thought, I like kind of this two sides of the idol make a whole one just because it's like, okay, it never came up the idea of, oh, David might have an idol. And maybe that's because he's scrambling. He's still, you know, on, in their minds, he's scrambling, he's looking, he's going off, he's having conversations, he doesn't have that security of like, oh, he might have an idol. Mm-hmm. Because he technically doesn't. He needs to get Rick on board in order to get that idol. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting and in like you have it, but you don't, and it kind of gives off the suspicion that you might. But in their particular alliance, it worked out perfectly because either way, they, one of them would have gotten it because they can work together. It also forces you to work with somebody who you may trust but that person may not trust you. And it, I mean, there's, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you can give somebody this idol and it establishes trust with them, but that also, that person could also never had wanted to work with you in the first place and was just pulling your leg this entire time. And they're saying, now I got this piece of power that you just gave to me and I'm not going to give it back to you, which is only going to hurt you in the long run. So I kind of like, I agree with you, Veronica. I love the whole two idol pieces and having to bring them together. They've done it before. um, But I, I, I liked how they played it out in this episode. Mike, what are your thoughts? I love that David and Rick are back together because I love them as a pair. I, I'm all for them. I'm totally on their team. Hindsight being 2020, I do think I was right in when we were talking initially about how to use that idol. That since we see now that they combine the idol, I mean, spoilers moving ahead, it wasn't necessary. It didn't actually save David. I still think, again, Rick probably should have used that half to bring somebody in closer mm-hmm. that uh, was on the outs. But, you know, whatever. They're still here and they're together. And and I think, looking back, maybe the producers were playing up this tiny little argument they had over, you know, I want the idol back and I'm not going to give it to you. It seemed like it was much more because they seem right back lockstep today. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not the first time that they've teased something of the episode. Sure. And we were like, that's mm-hmm. it. That's what you teased. And then that was yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the first time. But... 
putting that aside, I want to talk about Edge of Extinction Island. Um, we see Eric there, and he's giving us his thoughts about how, you know, being on Edge of Extinction Island, it really takes a toll on you mentally. And we've talked about this throughout the entire episode because every single person that's gone to Edge of Extinction Island has had this dilemma on, like... Should I leave? Should I stay? <laughs> I've come so far. It's like a yeah. mental thing. It's like a physical thing. I don't have any food. And Eric pretty much said it the best. He said it's going from a million to zero. It's the great slowdown. And I love that he described it in that way because it really puts it in perspective for us. I mean, you're going, in, you're in a game that's you're going a million miles an hour, and then all of a sudden everything just stops on Edge of Extinction Island. There's no challenges. There's no rewards. There's literally nothing. There's like some scavenger hunts that you mentioned last episode, <laughs> but that's about it. You're pretty much just staring yeah. at this other person and saying, "Hey, let's entertain each other." What are your guys' thoughts on how he was feeling? I really liked how he described Edge of Extinction island this episode because it did put it more in perspective mike is shaking his head of course but the reason i liked it is because in a sense i almost feel like isn't that a good thing if you're going a million miles an hour really putting all your energy into these challenges getting tired you know and being super paranoid from the blind sides from the conversations as we saw this episode wouldn't it be nice to still be in the game but to not to kind of relax in a sense. Like that slowdown would be like a relaxing thing. Yes, it's hard mentally and physically because you're not eating and because it, you feel lonely or whatever. But isn't that slow? I feel like how he describes it as a slowdown, that'd be like a nice break. Re- break. Hmm. A nice break from the game of all the paranoia, of all the backstabbing, you know, that everyone else is going through this episode. Everybody knows how I feel about this. Like, <laughs> yes, 100%. Going to Edge of Extinction and Island is not going from a million to zero. You know what going from a million to zero is? When you're voted out and you don't have any shot coming back in the game. Yeah. Is when you get voted out now, you know you're not out of the game. You're going right back to the island. Dude, everything is cool. Okay, for the first few people who didn't know about it, that's a million to zero. And then you should pop back up to like 999,000 because you're still in it. I can't stand seeing everybody just get the wind taken out of their sails for no reason. You're lounging around on the beach with other people. Like, talk to each other. Learn about each other. Ingratiate yourselves into each other's lives. That's what really makes people strong together. That's going to help you out if they actually are the jury in the end. And what I thought was really interesting, I want to ask you guys about it, was when we do go to tribal council, I know we're jumping around a little bit, right? When you do go to tribal council, you see all the Edge of Extinction Island people like chummy chummy with each other, right? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. nudging each other and things like that. So you guys are still competing against each other. That's what they should be doing on the island is bonding and getting their game up. I definitely think that the the producers definitely edit it in a way where once we go to Edge of Extinction Island, they look so desolate and they look so bored and they look so depressed. But like you said, Mike, when we see them at Tribal Council, they all look buddy-buddy. But at the same time, we could look at it and go, this is like the highlight of their day. Of the three days that they're on Edge of Extinction Island, they've got one thing that they can look forward to, and it's tribal. And... I don't think they have any other choice but to look excited about it because it's literally all they have to look forward to. And just going back to what Jeff said in this tribal when he was talking to Julie, uh, Julia, Julie, Julie, um, <laughs> and he says, you know, people aren't going to be mad at you for being all crazy. And I don't want to jump too ahead, too far ahead because if you're watching the seasons, people can understand. I'm going to say the same thing about Edge of Extinction Island and then take it even further to the islands of themselves and, and the camps that, that they're on. When you're on this island, you're out of civilization, you're in this game 24-7 and it's strategy, you have to be on your toes all of this time. There's no relaxation. Like Veronica said, it might be a nice break to just go to this one spot. Once again, this game is just filled with double-edged swords where, yes, it is a nice break, but at the same time, you're missing all of this gameplay that's happening on the camps and, and with these people. And it's 
yes, you can strategize and get to know your your fellow castaways, if you will, on Edge of Extinction Island, but you're missing the actual people who you're going to be playing with. Now, we don't exactly know what's happening with Edge of Extinction Island. You made a good point that these actually might be the jury members. We don't know. I I mean, we don't know what's going on with Edge of Extinction Island, but I think you have to play... Yeah. Two sides of the sword. You have to be in it when you're on that when you're back at camp, and you have to be in it when you're on Edge of Extinction Island. You there is no yeah. break. I was you to... mentioned, oh. if I could real quick, yeah. that all those people on Edge of Extinction Island going to Tribal Council, that's the highlight of their day. The highlight of my day is coming right here every you Wednesday and hanging out with you guys it. and hanging out with all of you watching <laughs> us at home because we love you guys. You know, everybody watching us is our extended panel, hanging out with us in the chat, listening to us at home, just like Royal 16, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, my happy friend. Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you for tuning in. But guys, you know... We here at AfterBuzz, we don't just do Survivor. We don't just do reality shows. We do after shows for all sorts of shows and genres across the board. Everything that you guys like to watch, we do too, and we do after shows on us. So, we need some help from you. Of course, if you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes or any of your podcast services, hit us with a five-star review. Leave us some comments. Let us know you commented so we can give you a shout-out on the show. Thank you so much for helping AfterBuzz TV become the ESPN of TV Talk I am not allowed to talk about reality shows in the house, so I need to come here every week. So thank you so much. Mike thank handling you. it like a pro. That was hey. amazing. Yeah. Um, one of my highlights of my week is coming spending it with you guys. Too. I look forward oh, to Wednesdays every day. I need Survivor so bad. Always. And we do the show not only for each other, but we do it for you guys. Like Hell Mike yeah. said, you guys, we wouldn't be here without you. So we love you guys. Comment. Leave a comment. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Do all that stuff. Make sure you're subscribing to at, at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter so you can stay ahead of all the shows that we cover here. Um, diving back into the episode. Can I just make one more quick yes, comment about Edge of Extinction Island. Yeah. I find it interesting, Mike, that you're saying that people on Edge of Extinction Island should bond, but I feel like that does them no good, because what are those relationships going to do once they get back into the game? Only one or two people will get back into the game. But what else are you going to do? You can do that, but from a game point stand, from a game point point of view, it won't help you, but you can. I disagree. I think the more positive relationships you can make the entire time, no matter where you are, the better. At Worse, they're not going to not vote for you on jury because they like you a lot. That rarely happens. So I think ingratiating yourself, if you both happen to get back in the game and you can have a little alliance going on, you can help infiltrate, you're just bonded with that person, and then if it comes down and they are the jury, you know, a lot of people vote with, he really got to know me. Mm -hmm. She knows my kids' names, and she I felt like she knew me as a person and I wasn't just a pawn. It plays a big part in people's games and how they vote and how they treat you. So I think... Any time like that, especially when you don't have to worry about being voted off or anything like that, you can make genuine connections with everybody else around there. And I think that's what you need to do. Plus, if everybody on Edge of Extinction Island is looking so down and depressed, that's just going to bring everybody up. You're kind of like the hero of the island. Yeah, I agree. There's really no – I don't think there's really any downside to – Going and talking to your tribe members who got voted out with you. I mean, one of us is, yeah, getting back into the game. So we think we don't exactly know, mm-hmm. but hey, if it's two of us, you have that camaraderie with this person. That's true. I mean, and if you if not, then you you talked and you weren't bored the whole time. Play some good tic tac toe. Yeah. Did not think about it, that. Exactly. Good yeah. Job. Make sure pieces like, out, of, out of uh, leaves or tag something. or hide and seek. It's a whole <laughs> island. I don't know. I play hide and seek. Um, so Chris catches the stingray. <laughs> I just want to t- talk about this very quickly because Chris has been the one to watch since he's got voted out and yeah. sent to Edge of Extinction Island. 
he's like the Joe of Edge of Extinction Island. He's if Joe, Joe wasn't on Edge of Extinction Island, yeah, he's and outshowing Joe. He is outshowing <laughs> Joe. If there were challenges on this island, maybe Joe would, yeah. you know, show his strength. But no, Chris is taking it. Did anybody else feel bad for the poor Stingray? Because yes. I did. Okay, good. I'm glad flopping. that I was. He was breathing and flopping, and he's got like these spears through him. I felt really bad. I just had to bring up the Stingray because the I'm weird, not the weird thing I thought of. This is very strange. Uh, I'm admitting right now this is very strange that they don't have any vocal cords. Stingrays, right? I would think because if I was stabbed with something, I would be screaming the entire time in pain. But it's just kind of like. There. That's, I don't know, that's the weird thing that came to my mind. The, the poor thing has a, a lance, like, sticking through it, and it's not, like, emitting any sound. It's kind of just, like, still there. I don't know. I know. That's I mean, the weird I, thing I, I thought of. Right? It might you into my mind a little if bit. If there are any marine biologists watching today, maybe you could give us some insight on stingrays <laughs> and their vocal cords. I don't but yeah, know. I, I felt bad, because they were, like, hanging it around for a long time. And I was yeah. like, put that thing out of its yeah, misery. Yeah, let's just put it out of its misery. I agree with you. So, back at camp, at, uh, what is it? Vata camp? Is that what I'm saying? Am I saying right? Vata? Vata. Sure. Vata? Is Vata. That, yeah, we're going to go with that. Day 23, Vata. Uh, Rick and Julie are having a conversation because, like we said, they were on the wrong sides of the vote. And, I mean, sorry, Julie was on the wrong side of the vote and she's talking to Rick and she's open to working with him. And so David, Julie, Ron, and Rick talk about being potential allies and bringing on Aurora and Wardog. What did you guys think of that? I, I thought this was very interesting. Because it makes sense that Rick would want to target Lesu for a few options. He brings up a valid point that they are a solid three that mm-hmm. vote together all the time. So, yes, it's probably better and wiser to split up a powerful threesome. However, I still felt like at this point, he just still had a vendetta against Lesu, mm-hmm. especially after last episode. Like, he's just very against getting them out because of how they backstabbed him, and he just doesn't trust them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, just really quick foreshadowing. Julie was the one that kind of brought up Julia's name in that whole scenario because she says, you know, I think that Julia is running the game. And at that point, we all looked at each other while we were watching the episode. And we were like, wait, what? How is Julia How running come? the yeah. game? How did she come up? Apparently, Julia must have been doing something behind the scenes that maybe the producers or the editors aren't. I would say Aurora, too, to that fact. I mean, both of them, from the edit and what we've seen, have been fairly in the background. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, now at Tribal today, it's like they were the number one targets all of a sudden when everything turned around. I was like, whoa. Right. It was very strange. I felt it was just weird. And I don't know if Julie actually felt that way or if she was just saying that because her, Gavin, and... Not necessarily Aurora, because Aurora made this big stink of how she was on the bottom last week. But Aurora... But Julie... Not Julia. Julie, uh, Gavin, and Victoria were the three Lesu who flipped. Yeah. So, of course, it would be easier for her to be like, oh, they have some leader and it's Julia. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and not only does Julie, like, throwing other people under the bus, but then she also is breaking down. This is when we start yeah. to see Julia's paranoia really starting to set in. And... Whenever this happens, whenever it happens to any player, and I think that Julie was a little bit more vocal than other players and their paranoia setting in, and she definitely voiced it throughout the episode, and we will talk about it. <laughs> but I feel like this is when it really starts, this whole battle of the mind starts, and you really have to push yourself. I mean, they just talked about it on Edge of Extinction Island when they showed that clip about, you know, how it's so easy to quit, and you really have to stick it out. And not only are they have, having to stick it out on Edge of Extinction Island, but also in the game. So it's, once again, I'm going to keep using this phrase, this double-edged sword, where, hey, you think that you have it bad on Edge of Extinction Island, yet Julie is going through it over here back at camp. So Mm -hmm. what did you guys think of Julie's Julie's first kind of breakdown moments? 
I had this from the moment she broke down is the moment I I kept saying in my head throughout the rest of the episode. I get that she's paranoid. I get that she thought that she trusted these people and she was on the wrong side of the vote and it really affected her. Yep. That being said, I don't understand why she felt so abandoned and like on the bottom when I'm like Julie, I understand that you're on the wrong side of the vote, but you are not a target right now. Why do you feel like it's you going home over Ron? She was never on the bottom, and I didn't get why she kept making that a thing. Like, I'm on the bottom. You're going to get rid of me, because that wasn't the case. Maybe that's how she felt, but from a viewer, it was like, that's not yeah. that's not the case right now, so why are you still going on about it? Yeah, absolutely. This is... Okay. I I feel bad for her because I don't obviously think she's faking or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I obviously and I feel bad she's going through it, but I like it when people are going to Survivor like ready for battle. You know these backstabs are going to happen. You know people are going to break your trust. I I want people to be ready for that going in. It obviously affects everybody differently. Obviously she took it really really hard. I would blame a bunch of this on the rest of her old tribe who flipped on her because that's the wrong way to handle even that. It's just like Veronica's saying, she's not an actual target. When you get back, you need to bring those people back in. Don't worry about it. This and this happened. I didn't get a chance to talk to you. You're totally fine. But we didn't, at least we didn't see any of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a major misstep, especially for Aurora and Julia, as we find out what happens in the end, because a little bit of damage mitigation on their part could have, you know, stopped all the nonsense that happened at Tribal tonight. No, that's a good point. I feel like, yes, her tribe should have saw this this kind of paranoia setting in and then reassured her that that is not the case. We've seen that happen before where people are like, I think it's me, I think it's me. And then somebody pulls them aside and it's like, I swear it's not you. And then it usually kind of like fizzles out. I mean, paranoia is always going to be there. A little bit is always going to be there. But Julie's went a little crazy in the episode. I do want to move on to Gavin. And how Gavin wants to target David. Now, David was the first name that we that was was throughout um, with Tribal Council um, and in Tribal Council, which we will get to. <laughs> and the only reason Gavin wants to ta- target David over Ron is because, because David has been doing better in challenges. I laughed. Right? <laughs> I cackled. I they keep showing clips of David where he looks like a living skeleton about to like blow away walking down the beach. The poor guy. I thought it was so odd that I was like, that's... that's challenge beast, his, David. His top four in the challenges. That's what that's you're going odd, by. That's an odd four? statistic. It's They're a, really keeping track. It's a very weird uh, reason to get rid of David. If he said we should get rid of David because he's a strategic threat, fine. Great. Yeah, I understand yeah. it. But to get rid of David because he is a challenge beast? Yeah. That's funny. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. I thought that Gavin was, I don't know throwing a Hail Mary and trying to see what stuck. And I thought that was a little under, like a disservice to David because I'm like, okay, he might not be challenged bees, but like you said, Veronica, there are other angles that you could target, that put a target on him rather than that. So I just thought it was, that it was, it was odd. He did do good tonight. He, he did. did. No, he did. I just thought that that one aspect of his gameplay was a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I think he's definitely gotten better in the challenges, but I will say he is no Joe. Yeah. No. Great. Right. Uh, let's talk about this immunity challenge because it was very, very early on in the episode and we all looked at each other when we were watching and we were like, what, what time is it? Why yeah. is it did so early? Did he mean early? to say reward? Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah. we totally skipped over the reward challenge if there even was one. We went straight to the immunity challenge and they have to stand on a balance beam, uh, balancing a ball on a bow and if you fall off or the ball drops, then you are out. Um, the order outs first were War Dog and Julie. That's the first round. Second round was Ron, Rick, Aurora, Victoria, Lauren, Kelly, and then Julie. Julia, sorry. Um, and then it was down to David and Gavin. Now, 
Jeff points out that David had played this game before on his season. Do we think that that helped him out in this challenge? Yes. Oh, I have two different no. opinions. It gives... It may not... He may not have gotten any better, but at least he has a... He already kind of has a feel for it. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to, like, find his grounds. And like how Jeff always says, we're getting the feel for it. We're figuring it out. Like, mm-hmm. David didn't necessarily have to do that because he had experience with this specific challenge. Yeah. Maybe. I'm a little bit skeptical of it because how many years ago did he do this one time? Yeah. Unless he's got this weird bow thing at home and he's balancing, like, billiard balls on it. Yeah. If you I, were to I, say you had that at home and you practice it, I would not be surprised. That'd be awesome. I could have <laughs> bought, awesome. like bought it at a survivor auction, one of yeah. those charity things. Yeah, they have one of the bows. Yeah, I no, I don't, I don't think him doing it once years ago is making a big difference. Yeah. Plus, plus they're just as hungry. You know, they're still trying to balance and whatever. Like, yeah, I don't think so. No, I think that we can all be right. I mean, yeah, he might have had an advantage when he played years ago, but then at the same time, it was years ago. So you probably don't even remember. You're, you remember your body muscles probably don't even. Remember remember what you were doing then and then we can look he at almost gavin. fell asleep right <laughs> and then we could look at gavin who's never played this before and he winds up winning so i mean right. is it really an yeah. advantage to have played before even if it was years ago i mean i don't know let us know what you guys think one sorry one thing even this i felt like this challenge was sped up because i don't know if you guys noticed they started the challenge in the middle that's right theme, yeah. and then they went down to the very bottom i'm like wait they're already on the bottom already yeah probably because of what ended up happening they need to speed the rest of it up yeah or maybe because nobody went home or nobody got out in the the first first round so everybody he was just like okay let's just cut that so we can get to you know the juicy parts of the episode so back at camp now that gavin's won uh individual immunity everybody's starting to strategize and i say that very lightly because once they got back to camp they all scattered uh rick and david are talking to julia gavin and victoria about lauren wardog and kelly and this is what you alluded to earlier victoria, um victoria veronica There's about victoria <laughs> yeah about you know separating them because they were less too strong mm. and how you know david makes a good point he said they've never voted separately so they are a very powerful threesome and then we see the flip side where kelly lauren and wardog are talking about how they want to take down ron over david out of those two, who out of those two at that point in the episode, who did you guys think that they were moving moving more towards? I think it, they would have had more pull to vote out Ron. I think mm. they would get they would have to kind of you know listen to everyone else because everyone else would want to go Ron over David. Yeah, I too think they were going to go more towards Ron, especially how the rest of his tribe turned on him yeah. last episode with the vote. He got a little bit surprised, backstabbed, so he seemed kind of on the outs with them. And uh, I think they were going to rally around him. Well, then Kelly's name was thrown out also because then Julie, Julia, Aurora, Victoria, Ron, they bring in Gavin, which I thought was odd. um, And they start talking about how they want to get Kelly out. And Gavin was just fighting for David to go home. Right. Did we ever think at that point that David, I mean, that Gavin was going to go back to Kelly and be like, they're trying to vote you out? I don't think they maybe maybe did. I'm thinking too simplistic, but I was thinking at that point because Gavin got upset that they weren't going for David anymore. Yeah. I thought he was upset, but he was going to relinquish it. And at that point, I thought they were going straight for Kelly. Yeah. The only reason I'm talking about this is because I'm trying to set it up for the tribal council because I feel like we were all just a little bit lost right. about what happened because it did blow up. Now, before we get there. At dinner, right before tribal, <laughs> that's when all of this, like, 
I'm going to steal David's word and say spidey senses, start to set in where David feels like it's him. And then Kelly's like, nobody's looking at me. Nobody's talking to me. So then she feels like it's her. So paranoia is setting in on a different level. But I feel like David and Kelly definitely had more of a reason Mm -hmm. to feel They had the right sense. Yeah, Yeah, they were right on. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get right into this tribal council. Like I said, one of the craziest tribal councils in the history of Survivor. And we noticed that it was going to be a crazy tribal because it was so early on in the episode. We saw like 30 30 minutes minutes left left. of the entire episode. And it starts off with Jeff Jeff literally asking, who can you trust? And everybody's like, nobody. We can't trust anybody, especially Julia and Ron. And Julia says, (laughs) "Uh, you know, I was on the wrong side of the vote. So now I really don't trust anybody. And Kelly feels like the comma group has gotten back together. So there's this still there's this still this hold of Camu versus Camu, Camu versus Lesu, and Camu. I Camu. <laughs> there's this Camu versus Lesu thing still happening, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I hate it when they continue to use their original tribes from the beginning of the episode all the way to day 23 and say, hey, we still have to stick with the original people that we brought on this island with and randomly set into a tribe with. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't like it because it's boring if that's what you continue to go with. If those comma stayed six strong like Ron wanted and they just picked off all the lesu, it would be boring. That's one of the reasons why like tribal swaps are so great because then you get to meet and work with other people Mm -hmm. and hopefully not go back to those original alliances to make the show predictable. Yeah. I just think it's really, really short-sighted on anybody's part who just thinks we're going to stick with our original tribe. Yeah. And that's how you kind of end up getting voted off because one person always knows they're at the bottom of the totem pole. So they say, wait a minute, I'm not about this. I'm going to go make some other alliances. And that's truly how you play and win at the end. Yeah. And Julie thinks she's on the the bottom of the totem pole. So she She is. She she has to be. Breaking down at the tribal council. She's looking really paranoid. She is, but she's not on the chopping block. I think that's the better way to put it. Right. Yes. Right. But then Rick, Rick is the one, in my opinion, and let me know if you guys think differently, you as in in the chat as well. Rick was the one who really set this entire crazy tribal council off when he says, you know, Uh, comma strong. Well, Aurora. She went off. Aurora was just kind of like alluding to the fact, and Julia called her out on it when she was like, you're spilling the beans about David, because David made a a shark and minnow while he was pooping comment. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. We literally had a conversation during this tribal about like, (laughs) That's where they poop. This is we the did big takeaway. The they big takeaway in the ocean, and they have a wonderful view while they're doing number two. Evidently, yeah. Apparently, they just see sharks, sharks eating minnows. That's awesome. I wish I had that view when I was pooping today. Uh, I did not. <laughs> it was more of like a wall. Um, but you just pull up an ocean scene see, on your phone. There what are you, you go. About? Yeah, there I'll do that. I'll just watch Survivor. I just read reruns. Um, so Rick kind of sets this whole thing off when he says, you know, comma group is strong minus two of them, and. Like you said, Veronica, Aurora kind of alluded to it, and Julia called her out on it. Was like, "You're spilling the beans," and she's like, "No, I'm not." And she's like, "Yes, you are." Like, there's this whole little tit for tat thing going. There was a lot of conversations before it kind of blew up about what was happening. Yeah. So I think they went into this tribal not fully convinced that what they wanted to do, which was the David vote, was solid. I feel like once, and this is why I don't like so much talking at tribals, is because I feel like people start to change their minds. But then at the same time, you could look at it and go, this is why Survivor is so amazing, because you're able to switch your vote and change at the drop of a hat, which you, you need to do when things come up. And I feel like that's why Jeff asks these specific questions mm-hmm. so that people yeah. can start thinking about it. And there was this whole thing between Julia and Rick. Yeah. And they were a little salty, I want to say, with each other. I think, I think she was, was flat out rude. I think Julia mm-hmm. was rude in t- telling him. And you saw the 
jury uh, react to it and how she said, oh, you're such a pat, like, oops, and just totally dismissing him and basically being like, the thought that came to my mind was her telling him, stay in your place. You, who are you? Like, don't even talk. Yeah, don't even talk. Like, what's your, and whoa, that's the wrong thing to do. Obviously, we know now. So tribal is a huge part of the game. Jeff is going to ask you a ton of annoying questions that you don't want to answer. You really, really have to answer tactfully Mm -hmm. because if Aurora and Julia had said nothing this tribal council and give really milquetoast answers, Julia probably would have still been there and uh, David probably would have been ah. He probably still would have played the idol. So, But Julia probably not going home today. Yeah, I agree with you. couple things about this going into this tribal. I thought it was interesting how no one felt comfortable with their vote going into tribal when the minute they get back to camp, Rick is like, oh, they all scattered to go talk. And so you think that they would have a good idea of who they were voting for going into tribal. But as a viewer... I had no idea where the vote was going. It was right. very confusing. Yeah. Right. And during this entire tribal, it's like, yes, it it felt like a war really spilled the beans. But I felt like even before that, people were constantly giving out clues to what their plans were. So I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think that the the moment, I think one of my favorite moments of this entire tribal is when Kelly and David got together. And David looked at Kelly and said, who is the vote? And Kelly went... You like yeah that yeah. was and I just loved it because they've like we've said it before they've had this feud with each other yeah. like they've been going after each other one after the other after the other and it's always this flip flopping thing between the two of them and literally they always come together with each other yeah and I honestly I'm it's a little early for prediction but I would not mind seeing the two of them in the final together absolutely I, would love I really would I think it would be so cool I liked when they reconnected in tribal and David just looked at her and said hi yeah <laughs> yeah like I was yeah. like yes yeah. yeah here we go and Kelly literally just says yeah you were the Oh, and he says, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Did we fault Kelly in telling him no. the truth? No. Because, Not, oh, sorry. No. no, I was just going to say, I feel like at that moment, so much had blown up already that they weren't going to vote for David. <laughs> Kelly just didn't have a care in the world. Yeah, it was you, buddy. Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, that seemed like a gut split second reaction. And if mm. you're going to do that, I say, go with it. This is a new alliance you just formed by being straight up and honest. And be yeah. like, yeah, it was going to be you. Okay, what are we doing now? And he even said, I want to do something with you right now. I just want to know that I can trust you. And being straight up honest like that after everything's blown up anyway is probably a really good way to make the trust back. I think what was interesting also about Kelly is that she turned to Aurora and Julia and said, you know, I don't want to turn against you guys. And then... And obviously, then does. <laughs> uh, right, and then obviously, see, we obviously see that she did. Right, but I, I, I'm wondering if her conversation with David, maybe we didn't see it, is what changed her mind because she looked pretty genuine when she said, "I really don't want to turn against you guys." And then all this other stuff happened where everybody voted against Julia. But I'm just trying to establish like where everybody's mindsets and what happened and why was it Julia? Why do you guys think it was Julia that was voted out? Pretty much unanimously. Because she was I, the most outspoken at Tribal, right? At Tribal, and I think she was seen as a leader of that other side, especially by Rick and probably by David and the other people mm-hmm. who really pushed. And you saw War Dog pushing pretty hard for mm-hmm. her as well. He was pushing so, for Aurora. He was pushing. He, he was originally pushing for Aurora, but I think he was doing anything he can to be like, "Hey guys, I'll vote with you. I'll vote with you," which yeah, but gives th- me a prediction for next week. Okay. And, did, and didn't somebody switch real quick to Julia? And he was like, "Yes, like I'll do it. You want that name? Like I'll do it right now." I thought that was him switching to Julia. I just thought it was very out of character for, especially War Dog, to be like, "I'll go with whatever you guys want to do. I'll go whatever." Because he's he hasn't been very like yeah. like that this ep- in the entire season. He's been very like assertive with his opinion, like, "Hey, I want this person." But in this moment, in this tribal. 
everything just turned on his head where uh, we're seeing characteristics of players that we haven't seen before. I think, For example, Wardog just be like, I'll go with whatever you guys want to do. He saw the opportunity and just jumped out right there at Tribal. He is opportunistic. Yes, he likes to be in charge, but it does seem like, especially when it's down to you know his little threesome mm-hmm. there, he's opportunistic. They're trying to take anything that they could possibly do, and I think he saw this opportunity. Boom, crack, jump in it. How, at this moment, who did you guys think was actually going to go home? Julia. Julia was Aurora. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, either of those two. As soon as all this stuff happened, I got really excited because yeah. I was like, yep, one of those two are going home. They messed themselves up. Yeah. I would have thought Aurora for a couple reasons. One, she was very outspoken about the plan, a little too much. Second, I had thought at least maybe Julia had a solid group with Victoria and Gavin. Mm-hmm. I feel like Aurora, since Joe got voted out, has just kind of been there, has kind of just been a floater and gone whenever no one really has ever brought her in to be like saying like, hey, I'm solid with you. We are an alliance. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, was, I was looking for Julia because I really hated what she said to Rick. Like for some reason that just hit me like in my gut. So, well, why would you do that? And the fact that he kind of started the whole thing, the whole movement right there that happened, I said, good. I liked it. I see. I am not really attached to Rick. I don't know why. I mean, he's been through a lot. He's fought his way back from Edge of Extinction Island. I am not connected to Rick whatsoever. And I feel like Julia's kind of like, I don't want to say attack because it's a pretty harsh word, but just her, her confrontation with him. I thought it was valid. I was like, you know, she's going to say what she wants to say and she's allowed to say what she wants to say. Just like Rick is allowed to say whatever he wants to say and put this entire plan into place. Uh, you're allowed mm-hmm. to say what you want to say, but as we can see for Julia, that comes with big repercussions. I agree with <laughs> so, you. And Julia, yeah. we see, was voted out tonight pretty much, like I said, unanimously. Uh, the only person who didn't vote for Julia was Julie. Uh, sorry, no. herself, obviously, What's and uh, Aurora. Aurora. Aurora voted for David. And they didn't even <laughs> vote together. So... Speaking of the wrong side of the vote, you guys, very quickly, let's talk about Aurora very quickly, because she's literally the only person and a unanimous vote that did not vote for Julia. Why? Why did you think that was? Because it was was just the two of them sitting with each other, and no one bothered to clue them in on what was going on. She literally was just sitting there. I was surprised that Gavin went with everybody else and voted against Julia. Yeah. Well, it's like you never want to be on the wrong side of the vote. And Aurora kind of reminded sure. me of, what was it, Wendy, when that whole tribal happened and Wendy was just kind of sitting there like, yeah, yeah. like what's going on? No one's including me in the whispers yeah. or anything. Yeah. And Aurora was just sitting there like, she wasn't taking initiative. Yeah. She so. walked away and, and Aurora talking about, I can't stand soccer moms and stuff. So the, to me, just the, the two of them... The t- she was trying to make fun of Julie saying she was old, right? Yeah, so yeah. the two of them kind of getting personal for almost no reason. I just thought it was kind of petty and I don't know. I was down to see the whole – I love all the scrambling and stuff. I said, this is amazing. 38 season of Survivor, right? This kind of talking a tribal, that only happened in the last – 10 seasons if you. that and this is the Amazing. most extreme we've seen and, well yeah. it's getting it's getting more worse however you want to describe it every single season it's getting bigger and bigger it's really exciting yeah so we've got another casualty to Edge of Extinction Island that's Julia yep. um, she's gonna go she's gonna play to win or, or be bored and desolate and look really depressed on Edge of Extinction Island when we see her next um, any last thoughts on this episode before we get into our seems, segment seems like the chat was more into Aurora going home yeah give us some shout outs Desiree really Jasmine um, uh, Sheena, not a big fan of Rick and Ron. Eric, before going to tribal, I had no clue of who was going home. We love seeing you guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah it seems like from the names that I saw, the people are thinking Aurora. 
Huh, interesting. Uh, so that is our review on season 38, episode 8. Y'all making me crazy. Uh, <laughs> let's get into our favorite segment, our MVP segment tonight. We've got our votes right here. Will it be unanimous as well? I don't know. Let's see. Ooh. Hmm. Thank you, JLo, for our amazing uh, music. First vote, Rick. Rick is our first vote. Once again, Woo! don't know if you guys can see it, but I'm holding it up anyway. Second vote, Rick. Second vote. Ooh, second vote is Rick. Let's see. Will it be unanimous? Oh, third vote is Julie. What? Oh, I thought we were going to have unanimous, but I guess we do not. Surprise, surprise. Who voted for who? I just want to, I voted for Rick. Uh, Mike spoiled it. You saw me vote for Rick. (laughs) (laughs) You are. You're a little cheap, Mike. Sorry, sorry. Why did you vote for Rick? I just thought he was very outspoken and like really got the train going and moving on like Switching this vote around, I don't know, like good for him. Yeah, that's why I voted for Julie. I liked, I liked how she just got. Ang- I don't think it was a good game move. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. But as far as entertaining and TV, I thought it was awesome. Just got spicy, and she's like, "That's it." She's like, "I'm jumping ship." Literally, and when she figuratively and literally jumped ship over yeah. onto David's lap. I was like, "Yeah, I like that." Yeah, I voted for Rick. I don't even like Rick that much, but I thought that him kind of taking control in this crazy tribal atmosphere was pretty impressive and I mean he did what he had to do to save his friend David and he played his idol for him or you know together they, they played the idol together. I mean they've I mean he was he was there for, for David so that shows loyalty and I I, I respect Rick. I, I feel him. Chad is agreeing with you guys. Desiree, Jasmine, Rick, 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 Nathan, Rick. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. good. Uh let's get into uh our news and gossip segment, yeah. you guys. Let's get into some news and gossip. Awesome. We've only got a little piece of it. Um, we actually have that, a second one. Oh, we, we have, have a second, second one. We have a second surprise got, one. Oh, surprise ones. No, yep. it's news to me. Uh, since that tribal was so crazy, uh, we do have a little tweet that we want to pull up very quickly. Um, you guys can take this away. Mike? Yeah, Julia uh, voted out tonight. She was answering a lot of questions on Twitter, but just thought it was interesting. She tweeted this out that uh, it was crazy to watch, but it was crazy to be there that the tribal lasted over an hour and a half long. Yeah. Um, Thanks to some of our, uh, I think that was Bree in the chat who pointed it out to us. It's really cool to know that and always to get a constant reminder of, okay, we watched maybe 20 minutes of it, but Jeff grills these people yeah. forever, yeah. right? People, it's a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And people in the chat were, our fans in the chat were actually saying that in previous seasons, Tribal was probably even longer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, sorry, that was Bria Carter. Yeah, thanks for the for the hot tip on that one. So always interesting to see. It's almost a little bit behind the scenes, right? I've said it for seasons. I really wish that they would give us like a, like a time lapse of, you know how they do with challenges? I wish they did that with tribals. Like, at uh. the end, when somebody's voted off, been like, this tribal was this however many lo- hours or minutes Oh, yeah, long. a lap You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, this tribal was this many, la- this long. I just love, like, I just love this, seeing how long it actually is, because TV magic, TV magic, you guys, we only see, like you said, Mike, 20 minutes of it. Sure. And actually, she also said in another tweet that when they were finally done and they went to vote, it was obvious. Yeah. And she said, I knew it was me. Wow. Like everybody had really made up their decision and it was really obvious. Speaking of that, did we think it was did any of you think it was obviously Julia by the time they voted? Or were you still like who were they voting? I, know, I was so confused. I was, I was, so, very, I was very confused. Yeah? I'm gonna be honest. I'm a very big Survivor fan and we all are very smart and we pretty much stick with what they're saying pretty fa- fairly well. Yeah. Um, 
And I was confused. Big time, big <laughs> yeah. time. So we want to know your thoughts. Was that the second piece of... No. Oh. It is not. Give me some more. Thanks to everybody in the chat who put this up. I had not seen it, but uh, J-Lo, if you have that, if I sent it over in time, please put it up on the screen. We have this awesome article from CNN, but it was all over the news. Super Survivor, your boy Joe, who's over on Edge of Extinction Island right now, and former Survivor Sierra are engaged. No way. Yeah. Oh, Sierra's one of my favorite players. I love her so much. Big, I think she's big gorgeous. Congratulations. She is super she's gorgeous. Beautiful. Big congratulations. I, we know an efficient. So if you guys are in <laughs> LA, hey. She's great, but she got so much hate her season. That's she really she did. did. She did. She did. And I thought she was a very good player, actually. And I love that she loves animals and she deals with horses a lot. And I just think I love her. She's, yeah. She's mm-hmm. stunning. She's of course. A, I thought she was a good player, personally. Um, I thought she was She was uh, kind of one of the villains. Of course, they met uh, in 2014 on Survivor Worlds Apart. There they are. And uh, uh, too much awesome beauty for, for one photo. Big congratulations. Yeah. 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 They look amazing. Uh, if they are in LA, guys, come on our show. Please. Uh, do. We would love to congratulate you in person. Yay. Um, so let's get into I'll some marry predictions. You right here. There you go. Some predictions very quickly, you guys, before we wrap up the episode. Uh, do you have any outstanding predictions? I know that you said you I had did. something. Yes. I did. Yes. I, I think they kind of hinted at it for next week, but I think that War Dog should be the target. Come in the next couple of episodes on the fact that he has done a very good job, like you were saying, my take an initiative and trying to flip people and going with different alliances to make big decisions. He was the one who was doing a lot of the work to get the common members to flip last week, and he was the one who took initiative this week in tribal to be like, hey, you want Aurora? We'll vote Aurora. You go with us. And I feel like he'll do that again. I feel like he's very good at swaying people, and I think he should be on everyone's radar. Hmm. Very good. I like it. Um, my only prediction is that I'm nervous for my boy David. Huh. Uh, I think he's becoming more and more of a big target, especially you know with the rejiggering around of everybody, and I'm kind of worried for him. That's funny because my prediction is that I feel like Kelly and David are finally going to be able to work together hand in Love hand. It. Hopefully until the end. I can see them working until the end. I feel like like you said, like with Survivor, it changes every single week from vote to vote. Yeah. But I'm hoping this is the last straw for the two of them just to be like, you know what? Let's stop going after each other and let's just work together. That'd be awesome. Because I think that they make a very powerful couple. She can bring in Lauren and Wardog. He can bring in Rick. They can make a really powerful fivesome. So, I mean, that's my prediction, you guys. Let us know your predictions, everybody. That has been an amazing review of this episode. Um, where can our fans find you, you guys? Hey, everyone. Veronica Bledsey here. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. Guys, thanks for hanging out. I'm Mike Thieling. Remember, if you're super fans of Survivor, the next Amazing Race is going to have a bunch of teams from Survivor. I'm so and other reality shows. We'll definitely have an after show for you guys right here. But until then, you can find me everywhere at Mike Thieling. Yes, guys. And I'm Timothy Michael. Very quickly, I'm so sorry I forgot to mention our fantasy draft. So far, Ooh. I am down to Kelly, Wardog, and Aurora. I've lost Eric. Veronica, you're down to Kevin, Lauren, Ron, and Julie. You've lost Aubrey. And Mike, you're down to David, Victoria, Rick. You've lost Wendy, Joe, and now Julia. Wow. So I just wanted to give you guys a brief recap on where we sit on those. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. If you guys have any questions, uh, you can find me there. We will see you guys same time next week. See ya! Bye! Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.